at SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. We're going to shift focus a bit now, still talk football, but we want to talk about development and we also want to trace the journey of one of South Africa's brightest football minds in Coach Kwanele Kopo. A lot of people always say that he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves for the wonderful work that he's done over the years. But knowing Coach KK, he's not a man that goes out there to seek recognition. He's helped develop so many players that went on to become household names and we just want to find out how is he able to do it. He's the head of youth development at Supersport United, also part of the coaching staff with Anna 23 coach David Notwane, they've qualified for the Olympic Games, which have been postponed to next year. Coach KK, good evening, sir. Thank you for speaking to us on SAFM uh, tonight, and we hope that you are well during this lockdown. Uh, good evening, Tabiso, and uh, good evening to your listeners. Um, yeah, thanks for the opportunity, and uh, yeah, we're safe and well, and we hope everybody can stay like that until this uh, pandemic can pass. As somebody who's dedicated your life to football, especially youth football coach, I know you probably miss taking the players through their paces, but do you give programs to the juniors to follow like they're doing with this senior, with these teams in the PSL? Yeah, well, at, 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 at our academy at Supersport, all the kids have been given programs. Uh, in fact, for the, since for the last two weeks and also the whole of May, we are contacting all our players individually through this uh, technology, Zoom meetings oh. or... A video call on WhatsApp, uh, checking up on them in terms of what they're doing on their programs, but also uh, giving them feedback on their performances. I mean, we, we yes, we might not be on the field, but we're working every day. We're having technical meetings with the coaches um, three times a week. We're doing analysis of our games on video. We're cutting clips on the players and we're having discussions with them. So not on the field, but um, it's work with technology and then the boys are training, yes. And they're responding well. Yeah, a lot of the players are responding well. Um, in the, during the first lockdown, I think everything was uh, core and strength indoor-based. And uh, with us having moved now to number four, level four, and the um, opportunity to run in the mornings, we've adjusted our program a little bit mm. so that there can be the endurance element that the boys are also um, doing some endurance work in the morning during that running time. But they are reporting back to the physical trainer every day in terms of what they've done and their uh, RPE scores in terms of how how hard they think their training has been. And what about the under-23s as part of the coaching staff? You qualified for the Olympic Games. They've been moved to next year. Now, how do you as a coaching staff view this? Is it a setback or is it a chance to prepare even better next year? Um, I think for us, we will probably have to say it's a chance to prepare better, uh, knowing always the limitations that we have in South Africa in terms of time and availability of players and preparation. But it's also given us time, especially um, the head coach, David Notwane, to have a thorough, thorough look at, at the games that we've played, a time that we would not have had before, you know. Um, we we are saying we analyzing all our games from Kosafa last year um, to the AFCON tournament that we've played, analyzing each and every individual player in terms of performance and, and whether they will be up to, to the level for the Olympics. So um, I think it's given us an opportunity to do thorough, thorough work behind the scenes so that by the time uh, football reopens and the national calendar, the international calendar resumes, we, we we have the information that we need on the individual players, and we make much more informed decisions in terms of the the selections when we're calling up players. Mm. And talking about players, um, I know that it was announced that the same players can be used next year, even if they reach the age limit. Is that what you'll be doing with Coach Notwane? Reward the players who got you here, or do you foresee any challenges going going forward? 
Yeah, I think I think it would. I mean, I think it's the most um, uh, logical thing to do that we continue with with the majority of the players that have taken us to to the Olympics. Um, obviously, subject to to them meeting uh, the requirements that would have been set for for the Olympics. But we're looking at all the players from from the players born 1997, and uh, we will hopefully, if if we have time and enough uh, dates. We would also like to have a look at, at some players that we have not uh, had an opportunity to look at because we had very, very little time to prepare for for the qualifiers in AFCON. And we're hoping that with the Olympics, we can have more time so that we can increase the pool um, and then give some players that are doing well in different leagues an opportunity to be seen and, and, and then make the final uh, squad based on um, assessment of basically as many players as possible in that age category. And how do you rate this group, uh, coach? Because some of these players have played at Junior World Cups, under 17 and under 20s. I think that's the advantage that we have with this group in that um, they 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 probably one of very few groups that have uh, a lot of caps, international caps under the belt. They've had a lot of exposure. Uh, almost all of them have played at, at Youth World Cup level, uh, starting from 2015 in Chile, the under-17s. Uh, the under-20s have had two opportunities. So in terms of international experience, um, they've they've had that exposure. Um, some of them are playing abroad. When you look at Luther Singh, you look at Cobamelo, you look at Liam Jordan, you look at Lyle. So there's, there's, um, there's good opportunity, um, but there is still a lot of work to be done. You know, when we analyze the, the AFCON games, um, we struggled to score in, in open play, which which is a challenge, a major, major challenge that we have to look at. Yeah. So it's a very good group. Uh, it's a very experienced group in terms of caps. Uh, it's a group that SAFA have invested a lot in, in terms of vision 2022, going to 2026 also. And uh, we think if we can have uh, proper uh, preparation and then we work together, all the coaches, in terms of uh, information and preparation of these players, then we stand a good chance with this group. Okay, we're just going to take a quick break. We're speaking to uh, youth coach, Coach Kwanele Kopo, uh, just about uh, youth football and just his journey. We're going to trace that after this break. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Let's talk to Coach Kwanele Kopo and trace his journey. Coach, I believe that you had ambitions of making it as a footballer uh, yourself, but uh, some coaches were put uh, down or, or were put off by your size. Is that correct? Yeah, um, I mean, I came from uh, Eastern Cape, um, specifically chose to come to Vets University when I was accepted at UCT to study law. But because I wanted to pursue football, I came to Vets University. And uh, I think after two weeks of playing inter-res football, I was spotted by John Lathan um, to go and train with the under-19s, the Colts, which at that time were actually coached by um, uh, Derek Blankensee. And uh, I think I only spent a month with the Colts and I moved up to the reserve team. Um, and I've had opportunities, you know, I, I've played with a lot of players that went on to play professional debates, but I had a lot of opportunities also to train with the senior team, mm. especially when uh, the late uh, Eddie Lewis was, was the coach. But uh, yeah, I was the smallest player on the field then. You can imagine at that time, you know, Vets had uh, uh, Peter Gordon, Ryan Malgu, <laughs> uh, Steve Barker was still playing, Kevin Rafferty. Um, so I had to compete against those, and I was deemed uh, too small um, uh, to play in the in the PSL at that time, especially in that uh, in that Vets team. And uh, yeah, looked at opportunities at other clubs, um, same challenge. And then I decided, you know, go back to Vets, and I played in the reserve team, 
because they were quite happy to to have me in the team and also to help the younger players uh, coming in through, you know, when they decided I was not going to make it in the first team, but to play in the reserve and be one of the players that are helping uh, the younger players to go through, you know, the likes of, um, I think, Josta, Josta Jaja came through when I was playing in the reserve, we were both playing on the wings, uh, you know, Rowan Fernandez, quite a number of players came through while I was there. Mm. But uh, the determining factor, yeah, was, was, was science at that time. So I don't know whether fortunately or unfortunately. <laughs> but then, having said that, you've developed players like Bibo Nchumayel or Kemet who are also very small in stature. What made you believe in these players then when you were told that you can't make it because of your size? I think, I think it's not, it's not um, necessarily just believing in, in those players, but uh, it's believing in the ability and, and adapting um, to what is required for certain players uh, with uh, different uh, genetics, you know. And I think it's something maybe when we watch uh, different levels in South Africa that we struggle with, um, that a lot, of, a lot of coaches or a lot of clubs, there's a great emphasis on the physical makeup of, of, um, of the players in terms of height and big and strong, which is a necessity in certain, in certain areas, in certain positions maybe. But I think uh, smaller players are discarded uh, very easily because maybe the type of football that one has to play to accommodate these players is a little bit more uh, more demanding. And um, yeah, it's 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 um, we look at players. I've always looked at players in terms of their talent. Mm. I've always looked at players in terms of what they are capable of doing, and I've always uh, adapted to 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 what the players present. You know, if I have a team with uh, 80% uh, lacking in height, then uh, we play in a way that suits those players. If I have a team that is 80% superior in height, um, I I always prepare in a way that suits those players also. So I'm one that I would say uh, I'm not necessarily in preference of the smaller ones, but uh, through experience and exposure to different professional coaches, I've... I've, um, uh, I've looked, uh, I've adapted my style mm. to accommodate uh, to accommodate different types of players and different styles. Is that then why you would move a Tandani Jumayelo from a 10 to an 8? Because he told us you moved, you shifted his positions. Um, I, I think what caused me or what caused us at Supersport to move Tandani was that um, at the time that I had Tandani, uh, Gavin Hunt was the coach at, um, uh, at Supersport in the first team. And and I was busy uh, coaching the reserves at that time. Mm. And uh, Gavin played 4-4-2. Um, so in the 4-4-2, you had to have two strikers and two third midfielders. So uh, basically then, you know, it was a choice. Either he was going to go and play up front, which he was not going to be able to do, but he could play in center midfield. So because of the formation of the senior team, we had to change him to play in center midfield because that would have been a position that was available for him in the first team. Aha. And the Mukocho, I mean, there's the story, I think I was actually in Pretoria at that time. As a 15-year-old, he was playing in the SAB League. What was the thinking there? Um, what, what, what we observed, you know, when, when um, we had uh, that group of Kamu, Nchumayelo, uh, Masbusane Zongo, Tato Mokeke, um, you know, we had Feyenoord with us for five years. Um, Nicola Boom was the first Dutch coach that worked with them, and then Jan Hoskins came. And then they left, and the partnership ended. And, and what what I had observed, having worked in the PSL also as an assistant to Pizzo, and coming back to the academy, was that 
one of the biggest challenges uh, that we were having with young players was the level of resistance. Because we had such good players, and in their age group, they were finding the games very easy. So it was not challenging them. And when it's not challenging them, uh, the learning process tends to go backwards. You know, players become complacent, uh, they become relaxed because there's nothing that uh, challenges them. And then we decided to buy a status in the SAB league in which we played our under-19 league, mm. our under-19 team, but all the players were about 16, 17 years old, you know. And that's the success story, I think, of, of that group of players that um, at 16, 17, we put them in the SAB league and Kamu was the youngest at 15. And I remember um, in, uh, in, in, in Soshangove, we would go and play yes. at Mini Stadium and people would always say, I'm crazy, you know, when I put Kamu in. Uh, we are losing a game and Kamu comes in and he changes the game and he does well. So it was about resistance, uh, playing them at a level that uh, that will challenge them mm. so that they can enhance their development, but also um, to, to, to give them the physical uh, resistance also, you know, because at that time the leagues were not really challenging tactically or technically, but physically they, they were really, really challenging on the players. And that was important for them to make the bridge to professional football because that's one of the biggest challenges, the physical aspect in terms of our players making the step to the to the professional ranks. Okay, those who just joined us, we're talking to uh, Coach Kwanele Kopo, just picking his brain about youth football. Uh, let's just go to the lines uh, quickly here. We've got Siabonga from the Eastern Cape. I believe Siabonga looks up to Coach Kwanele Kopo. Siabonga, good evening. Uh, good evening, Kakitabiso, uh, and to Coach Kopo. Yes, Coach Kopo is here. What would you like to say to him? Uh, I would like to, I have a request to Coach Kopo. I admire him a lot. Uh, Coach, you are speaking to Siawonga from Eastern Cape, uh, King Livingstone. I am a 25-year-old soccer coach. I coach in a match team this side. I coach the under-11s, under-13s, and under-15s. I have a dream of coaching at Supersport United Academy. I want to go and uh, take coaching as a career. I have studied, I have a degree, and I have a, a registered company but I want to take coaching very seriously and work within a professional environment. Okay. Uh, I have the heart of producing young players, um, look at talent. Um, uh, I want to make a young star team to, to professional and even play abroad. Okay, we got that. We got that, Coach uh, Siabonga there, and uh, there are a lot of similar comments on Twitter. What advice then do you have for someone like this, Coach Kopo? Yeah, I think it's 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 uh, it's very difficult, you know, uh, because everybody wants to to be at the professional level, and the spaces are very limited in terms of working in professional teams. But uh, I would say, you know, we people look at people talk about us, the coaches that are that are in in in, in big academies or professional clubs, you know, uh, Coach Cobb or uh, Coach Sam coming from the School of Excellence at Sundowns now, Floyd, David. Mm. But I think we are all an extension of coaches like Siabonga. And, and and those are probably the unsung heroes uh, of these players because we go and scout in, in, in the most rural of areas where where these coaches, some of them don't even have qualifications, mm. but these coaches find these youngsters um, and and then they mold them together to make a team and they compete and we arrive in an Eastern Cape, in a Western Cape, in a... Uh, in, in KwaZulu-Natal, in Limpompo, and we identify the best of these youngsters. And I, and I think sometimes we don't give due, um, uh, due reward and respect to, to those coaches. So I would say to Siabonga, you know, every, everybody will, will, has their own journey. Mm. 
Um, and we must accept, you know, for some of us, there are coaches that are working in development that would like to be at the national team. Mm. There are coaches that are working in development that would like to coach in the PSL. But, uh, but everybody.